0: later my assessment has not changed from reading palestinian schoolbooks watching palestinian television and listening to speeches by palestinian officials it is clear that the leadership of the pa still fills the minds of palestinian youth with talk of israel as an alien cancer in the middle east that must be replaced from the river to the sea the vitriol from gaza what i call Hamasdan, is even worse So long as the bulk of the Palestinian population remains unwilling to accept the reality of Israel's permanent existence as a secure Jewish democratic state, it will be difficult if not impossible to have true peace. Rather than being imposed from the top down, in other words, the desire and the choice for peace have to rise from the bottom up, from the Palestinian people themselves. Until that happens, continued negotiations along traditional lines will never live up to the hopes many place in them. A bottom-up approach lacks the drama and romance of high-level symmetry that many in the international community prefer. It demands persistence, hard work, and a focus on details. And it offers little hope for a final resolution of the conflict in the near future. I am convinced, however, that it is the only way to avoid a strategic abyss and the only path to real progress toward eventual peace in the Middle East. Why Oslo failed? Since the signing of the Oslo Accords just over 23 years ago, the international community, led by the United States, has repeatedly tried to facilitate a final status agreement that would end the Israeli Palestinian conflict. Every effort has ended in failure. The conventional wisdom attributes that failure to a lack of willingness by the local parties to make some relatively small concessions. If only this behavior were adjusted or that policy paused, the argument runs, things could have worked out in the past and might still work out in the future, even absent dramatic movement on either side. I think this conventional reading of recent history is naive and that the real reason for the failure of negotiations has been Palestinian reluctance to recognize Israel's right to exist as the nation-state of the Jewish people, in any boundaries. When that reluctance dissipates, peace will be possible. Until then, it will not be. Israeli policy and that of the international community should thus be focused on trying to help Palestinians realize that the choice for peace lies in their hands the conventional wisdom is wrong because it is based on four misconceptions about the nature of the conflict. The first being that the core problem is Israel's occupation of territories gained in the Six-Day War, and so the key to peace must be an Israeli withdrawal to boundaries close to the pre-June 1967 lines. In fact, a reluctance to accept Israel has been a consistent feature of Palestinian strategy from even before there was a State of Israel. It was reflected in the Arab rejection of the United Kingdom's 1937 Peel Commission proposal and the United Nations' 1947 Partition Plan, as well as the Palestinians' rejection of Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Barak's proposal at Camp David in 2000, U.S. President Bill Clinton's parameters later that same year, and Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Olmert's 2008 proposal. Most recently, the current Palestinian leadership continued this policy of rejection by failing even to respond to U.S. President Barack Obama's call to negotiate on the basis of U.S. mediated terms in March 2014. Throughout this series of rejections, the Palestinian leadership never stated that any particular Israeli territorial concession, even a full withdrawal to the 1967 lines, would end the conflict and terminate all claims the Palestinians had against the State of Israel. It is true that the PLO recognized Israel in the Oslo Accords, but recognizing the fact of Israel's existence is not the same as recognizing its right to exist as the nation-state of the Jewish people. Rabin was aware of this hole in the agreement and refused to proceed with the Oslo signing until he received a side letter from Arafat committing the PLO to change its charter to reflect the recognition of Israel. Yet despite a lot of smoke and mirrors, including maneuvers that duped many in the international community, Arafat never did change the charter. One proof of this is the impossibility of finding any amended charter ever published by the PLO since its alleged removal of the offending articles in 1996.